Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Wired In in the new year, 2022. Happy to be here with you guys for another full year of broadcasting. And my name is Blake Johnson, joined alongside my co-host, Spencer Coles, one of the biggest jerks in podcasting history. So how are you doing, Spencer? Well, hey, you know, i got to keep my reputation up somehow. Yeah, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're doing a great job. Um, so... <laughs> We we uh, we want to do a special episode today um, f- for a couple of reasons. One, we're going to be reviewing the Spider-Man No Way Home movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, for if for whatever reason, this is going to be riddled with spoilers because I am too lazy to break it into a non-spoiler and spoiler review. So we're just going to do the whole thing at once. Um, but it's also special for another reason because we have not had a guest on our show before. And we just decided who who should we get, and we couldn't really find anyone that was noteworthy enough. So we decided to get a hold of Lucas Dahlgren, who is the <laughs> who's who's the host of the Sure I Don't Give a Crap podcast. So Lucas, uh, how are you doing? I am doing good. How are you? Wow, what an intro! Way, there we go. Yeah, way to upsell our uh, our first official guest on the that's, show. Hey, that's what we do. That's what friends do. So. Noteworthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, uh, Lucas, he's the host of the Sure IDC podcast, which you can find on Anchor and Spotify and Google, I think, and Apple and pretty much all the the major platforms. Um, and actually Lucas and I have done shows together talking about like Spider-Man. We, I think our last one was about Downton Abbey. Um, and I'm sure we'll have a slew of other projects that we'll be doing this year. So, uh, yeah, the running in the running. It's, it's great to have you here with us, Lucas. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being the the first guest on the show. I feel honored. do you do you yeah, after I that really, intro? I really do. I really do. It was, it was yeah, great. you're you're on the you're on the Hall of Fame now. I mean, you're the only person on it, but you know, we'll got to we'll start somewhere. I yeah, mean, we'll basically use that to guilt shame our other guests and be like, why weren't you our first? And then you know, that'll just have more people come back. Obviously, but, I know. mean, I am honored to be. If there is a wall that you have, you know, the the Wall of Fame or the Hall of Fame or whatever, Hall of Shame, um, and you just have the one picture of me on there, people walk by and say, "Oh my gosh, who's that?" You know, I will be honored. Just that alone, until someone else is added to the to the wall. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, before we really dive into the show, Lucas, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast and where all we can go to find you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's called, um, as you said, the, the sure IDC podcast, it's the sure, I don't care, uh, but not, I don't care. It's IDC. Um, and, uh, pretty much it's about everything and anything. Um, you know, we talk about movies, songs, video games, board games, uh, yeah, lots pretty much of just, politics. Yeah, lots yeah. of politics. Well, no, 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 anything but politics. <laughs> oh, okay, um, gotcha. Unlike Wired In, uh, your podcast. <laughs> I we, don't know what you mean. Wow. <laughs> we you don't. We don't talk know. about any politics um, unless. Um, actually, I do have an episode coming out here. I think fairly soon, maybe at the New Year's. Um, we do kind of get into some Star Wars politics. Ooh, that's um, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we're uh, not no spoiler alerts or anything, but we are talking about you know separatist versus the galactic republic so wait star wars has politics in it i didn't know that i know right so um, but interesting but no we don't talk about politics other than star wars politics and i probably should mention that in my intro from now on i don't know but yeah but no uh uh we uh i do uh release an episode every two weeks so it's bi-weekly not two episodes a week but every two weeks on thursday and uh you th- I think you can find it anywhere podcasts are found unless there's weird random ways to find podcasts <laughs> but <laughs> I think I'm on all the major ones Spotify Apple Google um, anchor a uh, bunch of other ones that I've never heard of that I don't really get a lot of listens on yeah it's great but uh, <laughs> but yeah and I, I think also you can just Google you know how they never say never Google yourself. But yeah. I have. I've Googled it um, just to see what would happen. And um, and you can actually just Google the Sure IDC podcast and it'll take you to, um, I, think, I think, like the first five uh, links are, are my podcast. So yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, definitely go check that out. And, 
you know, I've I've been a guest on it a few times, and I, I can say I've, just a you, few, just a few times, you know. But you have a lot of guests on your show, and mm-hmm. you, you guys talk about a lot of different, really interesting things. Um, yeah. So it's it's filled with variety. So there's something in it for everybody. Yeah, um, there definitely is something in it for everybody. Um, it's just it's just me doing the show. Um, so I kind of have to have guests, or else it's just me talking to myself, which no one would want to listen to. So. No. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, you gotta do because clearly gotta do. nobody because clearly nobody would uh, ever uh, listen to the same two people ramble on about the right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the most boring crap you've ever heard? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I just can't stand it when shows I just do that. like it. I mean, but I mean, at least there's two people. Like you can That's mix true. it up a little bit. With me, it's just like I mean, the only if it was just me and I wanted two people talking to me, I would have to you know do a different voice or something. So, <laughs> which I think Get would some, go well. uh, pull out some method acting. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yes. You time to use that degree. Well, <laughs> no, right. Use it for something. Just <laughs> Lord knows <laughs> yeah. we're not getting paid for it. <laughs> really but, though. Um but yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and jump right into Spider Man No Way Home. This is the third installment of the Tom Holland trilogy. And it's uh I mean, it's it's <laughs> to say it's to say there's a lot going on in the film is is quite an understatement. Um, but uh, Lucas and I were kind of talking off air. We, you saw it in the IMAX. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to go see it again in the IMAX. Um, and Same, probably. Yeah, because I mean that's one of those things where you just got to see it. First of all, you got to see it in theaters because that's it. Just kind of demands it for the experience that you get. But seeing it on like that gigantic screen is I don't know. I I, I want to see it before it. It's not in theaters anymore. Um, but Spencer, where did where did you go? Where'd you go to see it? Did you have a pleasant theater experience, or did you have those annoying people in your row that were chit chatting the whole time? I mean, surprisingly, I actually, um, I actually managed to get a pretty like decent, you know, crowd. There, did there weren't a ton of people sitting by me. Like I just walked in, and saw, and like, like I figured it. If I figured this was going to be kind of like a, a Force Awakens scenario where you just literally couldn't get tickets, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, it a lot easier to get a a, a seat than I expected. expected Which it's it's, it's it's funny you should say that because um, on its first day of opening, it made like fifty million dollars, which was the third highest opening of all time behind The Force Awakens and Endgame. Really? Avengers. Yeah, and over the weekend, over the weekend, it's already made just under six hundred million dollars worldwide. And it's not even released in China yet. <laughs> so it makes me wonder crazy. if it's gonna. It makes me wonder if it's gonna compete with uh, with Endgame. Uh, yeah, I think it could. I mean, because you got people going to see it multiple times too, so that's mm-hmm. just gonna add to it. Um, but yeah, it's it is making a crap ton of money. Um, so um, we're not gonna spend necessarily the entire time going, you know, point by point through the plot. We're gonna focus on the main stuff that happens, the things that you need to know. Um, or the, and the, the most important things that we think are noteworthy. Uh, but there's definitely some particular things that I'm, I'm sure each of us want to hone in on. Um, what we think overall of the film, um, the writing, the, the humor, you know, pretty much all, of the, all the things. The cameos, the plethora of cameos. Uh, so let's just kind of go through one by one um, and just kind of tell us, you know, your overall thoughts on the film, um, favorite parts, things like that. And Lucas, since you're our guest, you'll go first. Of course. <laughs> That's what I always do. No. <laughs> um, so I thought, I mean, obviously, I thought the movie was really, really, really good. Um there were, uh, I mean, of course, you know, we could talk about it later. There were some moments where I was um, uh, like, oh, that's that's weird how they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just coming from uh, a creative person like myself type of thing and being interested in, in script writing and, and editing and acting and whatever. Um, so there were some moments that I probably will touch on later that I was just like, man, that's just kind of a weird transition or a weird way to go. Uh, but no, there were some great moments in the film. Um, I loved. I kind of exp- explained it to somebody as, man, it was a, it was a, it was a film filled with moments. Because it's like, oh my gosh, there's this villain. Oh my gosh, there's this villain. Oh my gosh, there's this. Oh my gosh, there's that. And so, um, not saying that it diminished from the 
the movie itself because the movie itself was really good but it definitely was a movie filled with moments that were there to grab people's attention almost like force awakens you know spencer mentioned force awakens you know the movie was good but it was also a movie filled with moments oh my gosh there's han solo oh my gosh there's Leia. oh my gosh c3po and r2 da, 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 da. so um but i thought it was really good had some great moments with certain um villains i love one of my favorite villains is um Otto Octavius. Mm. And so, of course, he was spoiled, I guess, or introduced very early on. And I think that's what got a lot of people excited for the film. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how much you want me to go into. But overall, I thought it was really good. Uh, there were some moments that I thought that were stellar. And uh, some moments that I thought, man, that's an interesting way to that's an interesting uh, way to do something. So, yeah. Spencer, what do you think? So I guess so uh, for for just this uh, this brief summary I'll keep it spoiler free but uh, but yeah <laughs> that's no, what I tried um, to do so I wasn't sure if you wanted to go with it <laughs> hey, or... hey we'll go with that <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll probably we'll probably delve into spoilers later but um but yeah no um this was probably I mean I I adored this movie it was mm-hmm. I enjoyed every every second of it um, I was really worried that they were going to character assassinate a lot of uh legacy characters um but but (laughs) to to my surprise they didn't um which is uh really interesting considering all the different factors at play um i thought all of the the character work with the majority of the characters and again we'll we'll get into that later but i I thought a majority of the character work was was really really good um Mm -hmm. i thought the um i thought you know all the performances around mm-hmm. the basically the entire cast uh, was really good. I thought the uh, relationship material between um, uh, basically between Peter and NJ in this film was probably the probably the best established out of all of the the three films so far mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, she wasn't. I mean, she was kind of in Homecoming a little bit, um, and then they kind of established more of her presence and relationship between her and Peter in the uh, in Far From Home and then but but in this film it's really cemented and I think they did a really good job of it. Um but yeah, I mean uh, in terms of like my overall enjoyment, uh, I I adored this film, but I, I think on a on a writing standpoint in terms of just how the setup for the plot is established and everything and and, and just the the nature of how certain events unfold, it I feel was very contrived and messy. Um, so, like, my overall mm-hmm. enjoyment factor, I'd probably give it, like, a nine. Um, but in terms of, like, writing and, like, consistency with, like, establishing plot points, I'd probably... <laughs> and I, I know this is where I'm going to get a, a, lot of, a lot of hate, but uh, I'd probably give it more, like, a four or five, just because there's, there's some problems. But, um, but again, like, on a, on a purely subjective, like, enjoyment level, this is, like... Probably my my favorite. Um, well, it's easily hands down the best uh, Phase Four Marvel film. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I feel both of you guys on a lot of what you said. Um, you know, I I went into this with fairly high expectations, only because you know the things that we were hoping to see were pretty much confirmed for me. Just seeing the plethora of overwhelmingly positive reviews even if they didn't really say even though i didn't actually look at the reviews i could tell just based off of some of that that this was going to be quite an experience and it it definitely was i was concerned that they would have too many characters in it and there wouldn't be enough screen time and it would feel like some of them were kind of just there for a little bit and then gone which for the most part it didn't feel like that for me um i was actually surprised at the amount of screen time um certain characters got and i was not expecting it and i thought they handled it really well um i would definitely agree i think i think this is by far tom holland's best film in the mcu easily the best one um not and not not even just because oh it's the coolest one to look at it i mean his his acting is fantastic um, the relationship between him and MJ, I would agree, is, is the best it's ever been, which it helps because they're actually dating in real life. So that it's kind of good that you can get the chemistry there uh, playing on screen. But even like his relationship with him and Ned, I think, is, is really good, too. Um, and it's always been solid, but it, it works in this one, too. Um, 
and him and MJ and him and Doctor Strange and uh, you know he especially by the end of the film I'm probably even more excited to see where this goes just because I feel like I heard someone put it this way it, it feels like the whole trilogy has been an origin story because mm-hmm. you know by the end of it he's 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 lost something he's really he really has come to experience what it's like to lose someone. I mean, he he did lose Tony Stark, but this is this feels a little different. This feels a little more um, powerful than that, and it feels like going forward, he really has to step up like he hasn't before, and he can't rely on just anybody and everybody to be there mm-hmm. with him. So I'm very intrigued to see just from a character standpoint where that where that ends up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think enjoyment factor easily nine ten out of ten for me. Um, I will say some of the humor, uh, while most of it I think was was fine and hilarious, there were a couple points where I thought they didn't really need as much humor as they were doing. Um, and some of it just kind of, it was okay, but it kind of fell flat. And like there would be this, this serious moment happening, and then there would be a joke, and it would just be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, I guess we're not going there anymore. Um, but I think for the most part, though, it, it did work, and it was really funny, um, especially towards the end. But yeah, that's uh, that. I guess that's my non-spoiler review as well. So I would I would highly recommend you see it um, as soon as possible, especially if you haven't been spoiled yet. Unfortunately, I was spoiled on a little bit of it. Um, yeah, I, and I guess this is where we'll kind of get into some of the the nostalgia and the the uh, the cameos. But uh, you know, social media is is so frustrating sometimes because you can try really hard to avoid spoilers and it'll just happen oh, when I you're not, not even looking at I was like that was smart I, I am not touching Twitter with a, a 10 foot pole that was that was smart yeah that that, that was <laughs> smart I, I I made the mistake of opening YouTube and you know how they introduced this yep. new feature called shorts mm. oh yeah uh-huh. yeah so I was on the home screen and someone posted the short of Andrew Garfield stepping through the portal I was like are you freaking kidding me <laughs> but uh. yeah yeah so but i mean yeah. i i wasn't that upset about it just because i was like you know based off the overwhelmingly positive reviews that are coming through it's pretty obvious that spoiler alert he and toby are in the film so i was like if they weren't in the film this film would not be getting <laughs> the overwhelming yeah, I, I, if they if they did not show up i don't think the film would have been received as well as it did yeah um, so i mean well, like it still would have been carried by, like, because, again, I think all the performances across the board, especially Willem Dafoe, I mean, he, oh, he just he soaks up. Killed it. it, it yeah. 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 He was I insanely did, good. <laughs> I thought I thought they did a phenomenal job. Because, like, they, you kind of explore the duality aspect of Green Goblin a little bit in, like, the first Raimi film. Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm. it, it's not quite as, you don't get quite as good of a look at it as, say, in this movie. Um you get a lot more um, Norman at times than Green yeah. Goblin, and it was it was cool to see. Which I was uh, I was hoping for, and surprisingly, they they did it pretty much right off the bat. Um, what I mean, yeah. Since we're talking about nostalgia, what did you guys think of? Well, first of all, the the thing that I didn't see coming, and I'm glad I was surprised at. Um, I'd heard rumors about it, but uh pretty quickly into the movie we get a surprise cameo from uh, charlie cox's daredevil hmm. um which i i mean i i remember you know raising up my hands like cheering like yes he's in it um and the, you know the scene where he catches the brick and he's like i'm a really good lawyer i thought yeah. it was fantastic it was so funny um but yeah what, what did you think of some of the nostalgia that was that was used throughout the film did you think it was used well or was it used kind of poorly at some points or what, what are your thoughts um, I thought it was used really well, and I think that's one of the things that they had going for them for this film, um, you know, was the nostalgia, because you're dealing with, what, technically two generations of Spider-Man um, fans? I mean, Tobey Maguire, I think his first uh, movie went, came out, what, 2002? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, <laughs> you know, you're dealing with... Almost, I mean, practically twenty years, almost twenty years of uh, of Spider-Man fans, and you have all these. Ama- I'm just starting off with Willem Dafoe. You know, uh, I want to kind of piggyback off of what 
um, they said, which is what Spencer said, which is almost kind of, it almost kind of sucked the illusion out a little bit because the main point of this movie was because Tom Holland uh, wanted to, uh, I oh, by the way, I use their actors' names when I'm referring to their Peter. Well, yeah, because yeah, it's going to be like Peter. That's horrible to Peter? say. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, so yeah, so Tom, um, he, uh, his whole purpose of this movie was to fix the villains, which we don't really think about as audience members. Um, yeah. You know, but that's what Toby and Andrew wanted to do for the villains in their movies, too. They just don't outright say it. You know, there's never a moment where they're like, I want to, I mean, maybe they might say, I want to help you. I'm here to help you. But they're like, no. And then they hit him with a hand or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. But, you know, in this movie, he really wanted to to just help them and not fight them. And so they never, there never was a moment of, oh, I need to fight you. It was, hey, I want to help you. And yeah. I don't know if it was because of that multiverse, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> when you know Toby and Andrew, I, I the first interaction they had was they just they punched on, yeah. him in the face. Mm-hmm. What was that? Oh, I was just saying. I, I was just saying. Yeah, that's probably they. They were kind of banking off that. You know. Oh, you're not. You're not the Peter that I know. You know. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that's more of what they were relying off of. But um, but yeah, it's um, it yeah, it's interesting because the way, the like. And and I'm all for the whole prospect of because like again, I, I'm I'm just glad that they didn't character assassinate like they didn't alter any of the 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 villains like they didn't have, you know, uh, between the villains or like any of the Spider Men that they didn't have them act wildly out of character. I thought everybody yeah. for the most part was pretty true to how they were written in their respective oh, yeah. films. Definitely. Um, but. It, I will say the whole fixing the villains thing, uh, uh, that the whole fixing fixing the villains scene was a, a little contrived, uh, because they just the the, the whole the basically it's it's just oh how are we gonna fix all these villains with all their complex uh, character work and problems and you know and uh, especially well, with and Doc Ock being brainwashed and they're like oh we just have this fabricator this magic machine that can literally make anything you're like yeah. what and then it's just like it all happens within like a 10 to 15 minute it, it, that, that felt a little contrived to me it felt a little like just out of nowhere they were just like oh hey yeah we'll just use the fabricator to you know fix well, and you it was being kind of like a, and, it was kind of like an anti-redemption I mean, not really, but like a, a villain redemption movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really focusing on the heroes per se, but it was focusing on, oh, give them a second chance. They deserve a second chance. It's like, do you know what they did in the other movies? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, be- the best the best case I could probably make is for uh, Doc Ock because he was oh, legitimately yes. brainwashed. He was. I'm so happy you mentioned that because one of the things um, that I love about this movie and one of the moments that I love is – when uh, Doc Ock actually is good again and he actually helps them. He kind of helps a Spider-Man at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does a little bit of a fake out like, oh, he pretends to be on their side. Then, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, which, I thought that was really I thought that was really clever. Which um, one yeah. of my favorite moments in the movie, and I'll just say it right now, is when, I, like the whole time when I knew Doc Ock was in the movie and then Toby showed up, which was amazing, um... But one of the moments that I was waiting for the entire movie was for Otto and uh, Toby to to see each other. Yes, yes, like that's, I love that. And, and it was so worth it because he's like, "Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you!" And Peter's all like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was a great moment. I was waiting for it the entire movie. It was only like two seconds long, but yeah, I don't know if you I don't know if you caught it, but I I love that scene too, and I especially like what he says because. You know, Otto, he turns and looks at Peter, and he's like, how are you doing? And Toby's Peter goes, trying to do better, which is word for word mm-hmm. what he says in Spider-Man 2 when he yeah. first meets Otto, and, you know, Otto scolds him for being lazy. So yeah. I just I just love that, just that little detail um, I thought I thought worked really well. And it was cool to see. They looked, like, genuinely excited to see each other again. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And, you know, coming from someone that has been disappointed multiple times when movies 
use nostalgia just to use nostalgia. Mm -hmm. It really felt like this wasn't just, hey, let's throw all these characters you know and just throw them into this movie with no real Mm -hmm. rhyme or reason, no purpose, just so we can, you know, make a few extra dollars. It it really felt like each of these characters had an important role to play in this film. Um, I will say, though, my, my one complaint, and I don't, I don't want to say this because I actually really like this character, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure why Sandman needed to be in it, and especially, mm. especially yeah, I don't, when I don't he either, to be honest. When, when he when he turns against them, like that the scene where they're all in um, Happy's uh, condominium, and they're gonna you know try to work on you know a cure for everybody and then electro betrays which makes a lot of sense for electro to do it but then when sandman goes and you know surrounds him with you know with his you know twister thing i thought he was going to actually stop him but apparently he was going to help him and i wasn't really sure his motivation because you know in spider-man 3 and in this film it's brought back up again he just wants to go home and see his daughter and try to you know find a cure for her so i don't really get he doesn't doesn't die in spider-man 3 no he doesn't i I was kind of i was kind of confused why he like you said yeah like why he was even in the film to begin with because he wasn't really all that much a villain in spider-man 3 he just kind of like he 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 was but he he wasn't in it for the same reason that like the other villains were he you know yeah, he exactly. he he was trying to get money and spider-man kept getting in his way so he defended himself and you know then yeah. venom approaches him and then he's like okay fine we'll kill him and then i'll be on my way so he he doesn't he's not your typical villain in in spider-man so it was just kind of weird especially at the end of spider-man 3 when he's forgiven for what happened and it's like okay well i mean maybe he brought them back before that moment but i don't know it just kind of seems strange to me yeah well spencer got it right uh, on the head he said that really all the characters um weren't really acting different from when (laughs) you know from the previous movie that they were in (laughs) oh yeah this guy flip marco's like i just want to get home to my just want to get home to my daughter (laughs) yeah so like okay marco just calm down (laughs) yeah well it was cool uh, you know again going back to willem dafoe he he was such Mm such a great performance there and it it definitely seemed exactly like what his goblin would have done in Mm -hmm. the original spider-man you know especially when he's like Mm -hmm. talking to the mask again which i just thought was cool um and then he breaks it and then he seems like he's a good guy and then i don't know if something just clicks in him and he just snaps back into green goblin or what because that's kind of what happens in the original Mm -hmm. it would have been nice to have seen at least like a a shot of him maybe like tinkering with something or and maybe maybe there is maybe during my second watch through I'll, I'll catch it so um but yeah it would have been nice to have seen like maybe him like sabotaging a piece of equipment or something or you know having something go wrong and then it's revealed that you know the you know he the goblin's actually been in control for like a good portion of the of the of the scene um but uh but but you know and it but you know and again I you know, in terms of the characters when they're in the moment and you know acting out based off of their their previous writing, that like a lot of it is is true to their character and and how they would act in that situation. But I feel like a lot of the setup for this is is kind of messy. And 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 one question that I that I thought of whenever I was watching the film is is like, okay, so you have basically three villains. Well, okay, uh, four actually, but it's like you have, um, at least in the in the in the condo scene, um, you have basically Green Goblin, who dies in the first film, uh, Doc Ock, who dies in the second film, um, and it's like you're you're kind of left wondering, okay, so and and well, and uh, Sandman, who's uh, you know doesn't doesn't really get introduced into the picture till late later on in Spider-Man 3. So it ma- it makes you wonder like okay, so if all of these characters have been pulled out of their respective universes and are operating in this one, time's still moving, right? Like time's static across all these different like multiple universes, right? Mm-hmm. So does that mean that all of, all of the events that happened in the other Spider-Man films didn't 
happen? Because yeah, I, I, I'm not I, sure. I'm I don't. Confused on that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure either. That's that's one thing I, I kind of would have liked an explanation on because I feel like the most the thing that would make the most sense is well, time was paused there for whatever reason. But if time still moves, then that changes how the movie is. So especially well, especially for like Doc Ock, because mm-hmm. you know he's from what unless I heard this wrong, it sounded like he was pulled out like mm-hmm. during the final battle right before he dies. So how would that make sense if time is still moving? You know, so I'm kind of confused on how that works too. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this is a, a basically a byproduct of Loki because in Loki, um, at least for, to my general understanding. Time is static, like consistent across all different universes. So it's a little, it's it's a little strange. Like, and they do a bunch of time traveling and stuff in that show. But like with this, I would assume it would operate kind of in the same premise. But it's like if you're removing them from their respective universes, um, and those timelines aren't being reset, then that would have to mean that certain events in those films didn't happen at least at that moment in time so then all of the like the really moment defining character work for those for like toby spider-man and andrew's spider-man just didn't happen um which i would assume would make things problematic would which i would assume would make things problematic whenever they're basically introduced later on in this film um yeah i'm, I'm curious how that works yeah well, and that's one of the things that I was thinking of too, because you know, just kind of jump to the end. Why not, Lucas? Um, but uh, when he, you know, the <laughs> ending is when you know Peter says to Doctor Strange, "Hey, make them forget Peter Parker." And mm-hmm. I went to, you know, I talked to my roommate after the movie, and I was just all like, "Wait, when he did that, did that affect the other Peter Parkers? Like, does no one know them?" Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I was, it I was ju- curious or is it about just that. Tom Holland's Peter Parker that no one remembers. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was. Think- oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just I was just thinking, you know, because it seemed like the point of the spell was was because it, it seemed like they were all trying to get into Tom Holland's universe and not anyone else's. So it seemed like in order for them not to do that, they had to forget Tom Holland's Peter Parker, but that wouldn't necessarily um, affect the other one's universe. But again. They didn't explain that, so there's just kind of you just kind of guess <laughs> and hope that yeah. they explain it later. You know, it's it, it's a messy thing, really. The the whole idea of a multiverse in a two and a half hour film, yeah. um, it's it's really hard to to nail it down. I feel like I don't know. <laughs> well, I wanted to say yeah, another and, thing too is is uh, I think maybe it was more of a more of a oh we're gonna pull these characters right before they die in a sense. And then maybe when they show up again, they show up in the moment that they die. I don't know. Maybe like, maybe they maybe they freeze time. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But that is yeah, but that is an interesting thing. The the only explanation they could really have is time would be frozen in those moments. But that would but see if they if they went with that, then that would contradict everything that was set up in Loki, which I wouldn't be uh, adamantly against because <laughs> that show is yeah. riddled with all sorts of problems um but um but yeah and and speaking of which too um uh, when it pertains to the the actual spell that's causing all this um it's it's very unclear like um it's very unclear whether or not because the, the whole at least from my general understanding the whole reason why all of these villains and characters are pouring in to this universe specifically is because um, is because people on in this universe know Peter is Spider-Man or, or or like yeah because they they know Peter is Spider-Man but surely there would be other universes where everyone would know that Peter is Spider-Man and everything's fine so it, it's I'm a little confused on the parameters of, as to how that works. Um, but in terms of, like, again, like I said earlier, like, whenever whenever characters are acting in the moment, uh, it, it's, they're all acting, like, it's it's all 
super well done in terms of like overall character work um yeah but yeah well this kind of goes to one of my issues with the film as i felt i feel like instead of growing as a character dr strange is regressing as a character because if if this if if this dr strange were the one in the very first film where he had just learned some of his powers it would make more sense for him to be this reckless but he's he's gone through his own film. He's gone through several Avengers films. He's he's gone and literally seen all the 14 million ways that this battle would end and yet he decides to he decides to just change the very fabric of the universe as far as Peter Parker's identity is concerned because people can't get into college. And then when he finds out that Peter didn't even ask he didn't even call uh, MIT and ask about it. He gets upset. I'm just like, th- I, I don't know. I just feel like some of the writing for his character was just kind of, eh, we just need him to be a stepping stone to get these these villains and these cameos in. But, no, and, I, I and, totally and, agree. And then fact. we'll just trap Doctor Strange for like an hour of the film, and then we'll bring him back at the very end. You know, well, it, it was kind of disappointing. <laughs> I think there has to be two things to think about. Either one, that was done on purpose, or two, it was just a crappy craftsmanship on their part. <laughs> you yeah. know, just like you guys said. Was it? I was he just a stepping stone? I think it's more the latter in this. Yeah. I think it's more the latter in this, but, but I will say I, it, it does... Uh, I, I do agree. I, I, I might even go as far as to say that they ultimately ended up character assassinating him in, in some degree because, you know, they again, there's the whole setup with this spell. Um, and, you know, right as Doctor Strange thinks about it, he doesn't workshop it with Peter. He doesn't run it, run it by him that, hey, everyone on this planet is going to forget, you know, including everyone, including me, that you that you are spider-man um and he he just never really workshops that with peter and then they go down and he's in the middle of casting the spell and it's only in the middle of casting the spell that he thinks to tell him oh by the way this is gonna happen and then of course peter naturally he's like oh well there's certain people that i don't want to forget and everything and then um and then by the end of it you know again piggybacking off what blake said um you know, it, he he gets all mad at Peter for you know, uh, basically not, uh, basically not doing everything in his power to uh, get into college. But it's like, yeah. okay, but you were the one that like basically, like, strong armed Peter into like, basically going through with this spell. So it's a, it's it's a little um, strange, for, you know, for a pun. But um. But then, like, and this is, I, I don't know how you guys felt about this. I, I might be in the minority on this. But uh, uh, during the scene, whenever Doctor Strange traps Peter in the mirror dimension, um, I thought this was, like, probably the most insane point in the movie. Um, but the, the sole reason Peter ends up trapping Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension is because he's really good at geometry. See, I, like, I yeah, thought like, that really worked. I, th- I, I, was, I thought that was kind of cool, actually. I, I I was just like, I mean, I get it. Peter's smart. It, it makes sense that he'd be good at math. But it's like, he's in an entirely different, like, alternate dimension. And he's like, oh, hey, this shape that's that I'm looking at in this alternate dimension just so happens to resemble one exactly in the, the same, you know, in our, our regular dimension. And so he just, like through the power of math like hmm. perhaps doctor strange math. in the mirror dimension when like you would think with him being the former sorcerer supreme that uh he wouldn't get so easily like trapped in the mirror dimension um i don't know i thought that was really contrived really messy um but i mean and the fact that Ned just suddenly learns how to cast portals like that, that was my other issue. Like he, he kind of explains <laughs> it he kind of explains it as, Oh, magic is in our family, which okay, I don't know what that means. Um yeah. but then he just he's able like I get that he has the device on his wrist that's kinda helping him make the portals and I know that he's not good at it obviously because it takes him a while, but it's like I don't know, and then him flying with the cloak at the end. I don't it just kinda seemed like an effort to make his 
his character more relevant than it really is. Mm. <laughs> Maybe well, I'm wasn't just... he supposed well, to say... be a villain in the future or something like Cause that? I, I, yeah, because I think there's some like in some comics or something where he turns into the Hobgoblin or or something mm. like that, which is kind of they kind of they kind of nod to that at, when you know they're all working in the lab uh all the peters are and he's like hey by the way i just want to let you know i'm not going to turn into a villain and kill you <laughs> which i thought was kind of funny which which now um, he can yeah now he can because he doesn't remember that's true, that's true. <laughs> he doesn't oh, yeah. remember so, see what they did there they're just all like yeah. oh see he's gonna say that but then at the end he could still become the hobgoblin yeah yeah <laughs> so kind of going um into that part next let's let's talk about that moment when it finally happened when Your you reveal. get you get toby you get andrew i thought the right. way they did it was excellent because okay. uh, you know okay. i i loved i loved how he opens the portal and yeah. he's like oh it's spider-man and in that moment i was like this is it's andrew not. garfield isn't it yeah because mm-hmm. i you you could see it was a spider-man from the distance but it was dark and you couldn't really make out the suit so i was like this is this is when it's going to happen and he jumps through and just everybody i don't know if it was in all your theaters but everybody just just erupted when uh it was clearly uh his spider-man suit and then he takes off the mask and it's andrew garfield and i i thought that was exceedingly Mm -hmm. well done and then um, I loved the part when they introduced Toby because I don't know. Maybe this sounds ridiculous, but like that moment when he's like, when uh, MJ's like, "Oh well, I guess you just need to keep doing it until you get the right one." I'm like, "Well, here's here's <laughs> here's where it happens." And I, I will I will admit I started to get teary eyed because like, oh my gosh, 14 years later and we're gonna see Toby Maguire again. And then he steps in. I was just like, oh. And then everybody just lost it then too. So I was just like. I just I was sitting there thinking I cannot believe that we're actually seeing this happen. I never thought we'd see yeah. this. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, it feels like. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Spencer. I got oh, a lot well, of was... stuff going on in my mind, so you go and then I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, like just kind of kind of piggybacking off that, um, I feel like this movie, like the the one of the the, the bigger, like one of the one of the like stronger points of this of this film. Is the fact that this film feels more of like a celebration of all of like the Spider-Man across the board? Yeah. Because it used to be like mm-hmm. there was a lot of like discourse as to like who was the better Spider-Man, which franchise is better, you know, yada yada yada. But it feels like this movie kind of like brushed all of that to the side and was just like, hey, we're gonna celebrate all of the Spider-Man across the board. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna mm-hmm. have them all together, and it's gonna be this really cool thing. And like that. That is probably the the main aspect that I really enjoy about this film is that it, it like yeah it uses nostalgia and everything like it does use nostalgia bait but it's not like it's not disrespectful to the source material and it's not disrespectful to like any of the, the like the overall characters um, yeah. it, it's not like the sequel trilogy where you know of Star Wars. they're they're <laughs> they're taking all these legacy characters and and quite literally at times assassinating them on screen. Um, <laughs> So, Which it, it, I almost it, thought they were gonna do with one of them. I, uh, I was about to have yeah, a heart attack. I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't get the fake out towards the end. I yeah. I, I don't know why they really did that. Um, well, from my understanding, um, the, in the original cut of the film, he was supposed to die, and then they changed it. Oh my god! See, I don't know why you just wouldn't entirely reshoot that scene. Then that's, yeah. that's a little bizarre. Um, yeah. And it, it kind of but, threw me for a loop when he said, well, yeah. I've been stabbed before. I was like, well, when, when has yeah, he been stabbed like, before? I couldn't think of it. And then suddenly it dawned on me. Oh, I remember. It was in Spider-Man 3 when he goes to beat up Harry Osborn after yeah. he mm-hmm. takes care of, you know, he gets MJ to break up with him. That's It's like a two-second shot, but that's when it happens. So it's like, okay, well, I guess he has been stabbed before and it has worked. So, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, it, I I remember sitting there seeing that. I was like don't know don't you do this (laughs) and i was just like uh, i could i wouldn't even say that i was like please tell me you're not gonna actually do this and they didn't so they redeemed themselves but two things i want to piggyback off of spencer um one um is the 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 um what word did you use the um celebration of these spider-men you know toby and andrew were so good in this movie Mm -hmm. hands down yes because And and it wasn't just them, um, you know, separately. It was them together. Like, they had 
they had really good chemistry together. Yeah. Like as as like just being Spider-Man together in the moment. Uh the whole back uh um the whole back stretch thing oh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good moment. I, you know, that, that's one of those moments that could be super yeah. cheesy. But one of my favorite time, one of my favorite things that happened in the movie when he was like, "Oh, my back, my yeah. back," <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> like he, in the original, yeah, yeah. And then he was like, "Oh, I could help you with that." And then the second thing is uh, the second moment when Andrew's all like, when they're kind of talking about who they fought, mm-hmm. and you know, I've been to space, and oh, blah blah blah. And Andrew's just all like, "Oh man, no, I just, I'm just, not, I just suck. Like, I'm just, I'm just so bad. I'm a horrible Spider-Man. Like, you guys are awesome." And Toby's like, "No." Why, why would you say that? You're amazing. It's yeah. Like, you're amazing. And he, as in, he's the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, but I just thought it was a great moment where he was like, no, you're amazing. You're, it was just them, their chemistry between Tom, Toby, and Andrew were just spot on, especially with Andrew and Toby. I don't know how much time they had spent together or if they had communicated with each other since they were Spider-Man to begin with. Um, or if Toby reached out to Andrew when he was Spider-Man, I don't know. But their on-screen relationship was just so a funny. Part. Funny story on that. Tom Holland has actually gone on record and said that he created a WhatsApp group with mm-hmm. him, Toby, and Andrew, and I think he said he was the only one that sent a message in the group. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, uh, you know it's interesting. Uh, um, I've always been a Toby fan, and I I remember being pretty salty when the Andrew Garfield films were out, uh, mostly because of the way Sony ended Toby's era. And I just, Mm -hmm. I, and in the fact that like literally everyone around me was like, Oh, Toby is terrible. He's a garbage Spider-Man. Andrew's better. And so, so the moment when they canceled Andrew's era, I was like, well, you guys can just, you guys can just enjoy this pain. At least Toby got three movies. It's right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, I I feel like you know going back and I you know watching his his films Andrew's films he was really done dirty because mm-hmm. you know he first of all he only gets two films but secondly I believe Spider Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out in 2014 the very next year is Tom Holland so it's like they don't even give it enough time to get into the next one they just end it abruptly after just announcing, hey, we're going to do Amazing Spider-Man 3, 4, and 5, and the Sinister 6, and all this stuff, and then they cancel all of it. And so it was like seeing him on screen again was perfect because it was like exactly the same character that he was in those films. And, you know, I just, one of my, I think this might be one of my top favorite, if not my favorite moments, is, is the scene where... Um, MJ falls from the yeah. statue and Tom goes to save her and gets it gets hit. And then Andrew's like, Oh no. And he jumps and saves her. I was like, that was perfect. He learned from his mistakes. He learned from his mistake. <laughs> and he finally had to have that moment where he finally did save somebody. And that moment when he just starts tearing up and MJ's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I just thought it was just, fantastic it was it a was lot wonderful. of emotional baggage in this movie <laughs> yeah a lot and <laughs> you know the the rooftop scene after uh aunt may's killed um i thought was whoa good. aunt may's killed no just kidding yeah I'm spoiler sorry. alert if you haven't been spoiled <laughs> enough already um yeah. that was that was quite a moment for tom hollands peter because he mm-hmm. just lost mj and then mm-hmm. you know combine that with he's standing in front of this you know this monitor of J. jonah jameson just trashing him and saying he's garbage and all this stuff after he just lost the most important person in his life i don't know that whole sequence there and then they all come in and they start telling their stories of who they lost i just thought was just really good writing from yeah. from my perspective now, before we move on, unless Spencer has anything to add to, to this moment, um, but I want to ask your guys' opinions of how you felt the transition from May's death to introduction of the Spider-Man. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I do know how I feel about it, and it's not a good thing um, see i i thought the- it was it was just a weird thing because i didn't feel any emotional connection mm-hmm. to may's death which i feel like i should have yeah um and then all of a sudden they're introducing toby and andrew it's like this is just 
okay. Oh, wait, hang on a second. My brain's processing May's death, and now you're introducing the one thing that I came to this movie to watch. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what, it what is are... definitely, it is a little strange. I think it's, I think it's mostly due to the fact that the way they kind of convey May's death, at least to me, is, mm-hmm. is a little weird. Because like, at first it's like, she's like, oh, I'm fine. And then she kind of starts to stumble a little bit. And then they continue on a little bit further. And then she just drops down. You're like, wait, what? We're, we're doing this? She's actually dying now? Like, what? And then it yeah. like, cuts the other Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was a little a little strange to me. Um, but, uh... Yeah, I but, agree. Because, yeah, you know... I, I totally agree with you, Lucas. It's... I've never really felt much connection with, with her Aunt May. And maybe it's because she doesn't even look like Aunt May. Because it seems like every iteration of her character is just younger and younger and younger it's yeah. it's like that that meme that i love from revenge of the sith of star wars where he's like um you know soon i will have a new ant one far younger and more powerful i just yeah it's pretty much what they do but yeah it it wasn't just that i didn't feel much for her when she died and i guess i did feel a little something at the very end when she finally did, did die but like even the way they did it because she she freaking gets you know pummeled yeah. by his glider and she somehow like, is able to walk away for yeah from she it should for a not have bit. been like if you i want to rewatch the movie and just see like in slow-mo of how aunt may gets hit because if my recollection if my memory is correct she gets hit hard oh yeah and flies across the room like full speed. It's like she's she's not getting up. No. And then she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm fine. I just got hit." It's like, "No, you got hit." <laughs> it's like you got pummeled. Yeah, blindsided. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she just walks up and and uh, and you know has of course the great line, which I didn't think was cheesy at all. I actually thought it was really good, especially with the tie-in to when the Peters were talking. But um, but no, it was just it was just a super weird scene. Super, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I was not expecting it made to die at all. But uh, I, but I guess like, she had to be I, the Uncle Ben. I feel like Tom Holland's acting really carried the the, the yeah. basically her death scene. I feel yeah. like his performance um, very much made up for the lack of because again, it, it did feel just kind of like I mean, like you I mean yeah, she gets you know, just absolutely blindsided and everything. Um, but just, again, the way they convey it was just super strange, like, because she, like, like you said, she just gets up and starts moving and everything, and, um, but yeah, it's, um... I also thought like, it was, I also thought it was weird to kind of go on to a different character. I thought it was weird how in that scene, uh, the FBI show up and they get Happy Hogan, and then the very next time you see him, apparently he got free, which I just don't see how that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, Happy uh, had I to be assume... there for May's death. Yes, I mean, I mean that's true. <laughs> it had to serve the plot. <laughs> anyway, what were we going to say, Spencer? Sorry for interrupting. Oh, well, um, it's, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess you could say he got released because, like, his affiliation with, um, you know... Uh, that's true, Peter Parker. Shield. Well, well, that as well, but with Tony um, Stark, but, and... yeah, he could just be like, "Well, I'm with with Shield or whoever," and uh, I, I'm sure that would probably have gotten him a little bit more leeway to some extent. Um, and maybe Pepper Potts off screen like called and said, "Hey, he's he's with me" or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's a really good point you bring up. It, it it does make me wonder like where all the other avengers are like where where is like where 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 are bucky and uh sam at where's um you know where's war machine where's i mean you're you're kind of like wondering where all of these people are well Um, that's the that's the thing about these types of movies like that's that's what i felt like in the winter soldier the captain america the second captain america mm -hmm. movie it was all like, okay, S.H.I.E.L.D. is crumbling to the ground. And we just got done watching the Avengers movie. Um, where are these people? You'd think that they would come out and be like, yeah. hey, S.H.I.E.L.D. is collapsing. We need to get, you know, Thor and Iron Man maybe just to kind of help out a little bit. But, you know, that's the thing about these movies. When you have so many characters in the same universe and da-da-da-da-da, 
you're all like, man, this is kind of a very serious moment. Where the heck are they? <laughs> it's, but, it's it's like the yeah, exactly. uh, it's, it's like the honest trailer for Age of Ultron. It, yeah. How it starts off, <laughs> it's like when such and such happens, the Avengers didn't assemble. But when a random guy holds the secret plans to this, it's all out mayhem. And you know, it's, it's kind of funny how they do that. Yeah. So that, um, I feel like any. Any movie that we watch Marvel-related, we cannot have that thought in our minds ever. It's like, yeah. oh, where are these characters yeah. at? They should probably be helping. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very good team, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, come to the aid, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we only have like a few minutes left here. So what did you think of the ending not not necessarily we kind of touched on the, the the last spell and everything but like uh, th- like how they chose to end to to end like tom holland's um arc in this film and kind of set it up for the next chapter um because i thought i thought it was really good um as far as um you know him basically having everybody forget about his existence and the fact that he decided not to tell MJ and Ned, I thought it, I thought it made a lot of sense as far as like Peter Parker is concerned, because, you know, here he is seeing them finally achieve what they want to achieve, get into MIT. And, and he's like, you know, I, I'm guessing what he's thinking is I don't want to screw up their life even more. So I'm just going to leave. Um, which is, is both kind of heartbreaking. And it's also like, man, I don't know. Maybe maybe he should have said something. What what do you think? Well, um I have mixed feelings about the ending. Um because I hated it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't okay. hate it, but I didn't hate it, but it just I was expecting Okay, this is what I was expecting. This is what I was expecting and I'll share what I you know, what I liked about it. I was expecting a huge a huge start off with the Sinister 6. And, you know, going down that avenue of things. I mean, you have all these villains brought together. How could you not start the Sinister Six? And, like, half of these villains are technically in the Sinister Six. Um, And so I was really, like, I love that Otto became good, but I also hated it. (laughs) Because he's, he's like, the leader of the Sinister Six. Um, And so I was really expecting for them to go down that road because of the vulture, you know, and Scorpion and the end of Homecoming. Um, I was really expecting that. Uh, And that's why I was kind of like, oh, well, that's I was really wanting to see some of the Sinister Six stuff. But with that being said, I didn't hate the ending because uh, there's one thing that I liked about it and I do understand it. And Blake kind of mentioned this at the beginning uh, someone mentioning that these three movies are Tom Holland's origin story. And uh, Aunt May's death is the Uncle Ben death um, that we had for Andrew and Toby. And one of the things about it is Andrew and Toby, they were the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. They were the one that just protected the city and took out the villains, whatever. Uh Tom's version of Peter has done miraculous things already. You know, he was a part of the Avengers, which I don't think Spider-Man ever really was a part of the Avengers. I think he kind of helped out with a few things, but he didn't, he was never a full fledged Avenger. Um, And so we really have this whole thing of, man, well, I've got Tony to support me. I've got Nick Fury to support me. I've got happy to support me. I've got this. I got that. I've got this. And now, he has no one. Yeah. And he's back to where Toby was in the beginning of his movie. Or he's back to where Andrew was at the beginning of his series. And so, you know, you have this you have this opportunity to give Tom Holland's Peter Parker a fresh start in a sense and him becoming not an Avenger, not oh, the sidekick to Tony or not the sidekick to Nick Fury or Mysterio or whatever, you have him be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So I understand what route they took, and I do appreciate it, but I am kind of sad that we're not going to – we might never see any more – I don't know why – I don't know how they could do it, um, but the Sinister Six stuff. Which I feel like they were hyping for with the end of Homecoming, but I don't know. So anyway, that's my thoughts on it. What do you think, Spencer? Yeah, I'd I'd um, I'd I'd agree with a good majority of that. 
Um, I think what's basically, uh, I feel like a, a a good chunk of this ending is was more so. I mean, for, first, I mean, I I really, I really think in terms of like the the character development, character work, um, that this ending really serves Tom Holland's Peter really well. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I I might even go as far to say that um, that that's that. Tom Holland's Peter Parker is probably the the best written MCU character. Um, Definitely one it, of them, at least. It, it, <laughs> in in the MCU, uh, uh, yeah, is more so. Uh, but um, just because he goes from essentially being an overzealous teenager who is basically you know uh, begging Tony to 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 be an Avenger, um, mm-hmm. To dealing with the like basically the obligations and nature of being a superhero to ultimately making a sacrifice for like the greater good, and it seems like that that through line is holds up pretty well for the most part, um, and so with with how it ends, it seems very very in line with you know having Peter deal with the reality and the weight of um, you know ultimately uh, choosing to make certain sacrifices and everything um but uh, but i but i do think also this i do feel like the main reason they had to do the memory wipe is uh is is due to the whole i would assume like joint merger uh, collaboration between um between marvel and sony with because I, I think it's either at the end of Venom Let There Be Carnage or at the end of uh, this film. But they basically imply that uh, Venom is going to be making an appearance in the MCU or, yeah. or vice versa. There's going to be a... There's basically going to be a... a um, it was both films, really. <laughs> Venom, yeah, there's basically going to be a, a, a collaboration between uh, Venom and MCU Spider-Man. Um, and I, I feel like they had had to kind of remove all of the other characters, pro- probably re- really more so for uh, copyright reasons, uh, because you know the, I'm sure there'd be all sorts of legal issues with that. But also with the fact that you know you're having to introduce all of these swaths of characters to basically the the Sony franchise of like Spider-Man, or, or, or well, I guess the the Venom franchise now. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I was, it, it did take me a minute to kind of like, kind of work through like whether or not I, I appreciated the ending that they went with. But, um, no, I think, I, I mean, at least, at least to me, I, I thought it, it served Peter's character really well. Um, yeah. And I, I think, and I think, and I and I wouldn't be entirely surprised if they did this to so that they could set up a a sinister six type um, film I hope later so. on. Yeah. But I, but I think the next film is probably going to be a uh, a Spider Man Venom. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Basically, uh, yeah. I think vil- I think Venom's going to be the next big villain in the Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And whether or not they use Tom Hardy's version, I don't know. Just because they kind of mm, left, think so. they kind of left it open to, you know, he leaves his symbiote uh, like a little piece of it behind. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm guessing it's going to attach to somebody and Maybe. eventually get to Peter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll just wait and see what happens with that. But hopefully, uh, hopefully the story goes forward in a in a in a positive way. But but yeah. I think that's going to wrap it up for our coverage of Spider-Man No Way Home. Definitely recommend you going to see it, which, I mean, I would assume that you probably have at this point. Otherwise, you pretty much got spoiled on the whole film. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, but hey, if, it, if, if you haven't, uh, go see it again. Um, but yeah. Did you thank- want to mention the end, uh, the end credit? Yeah, so the end, the end credit scene is basically a trailer for Doctor Strange Multiverse yeah. of Madness. And basically, he meets up with uh, Wanda and says, hey, I need your help. Um, how, how familiar are you with the multiverse? And then she turns into the Scarlet Witch, like her 
outfit that she gets at, at the end of WandaVision. And then you mm-hmm. see then you see at the end of the trailer, um, he meets basically his doppelganger, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word. He meets an evil Doctor Strange. And Which that's... I wonder if it's the same one from What If. Yeah, I haven't seen that episode yet. I've seen a couple episodes, <sighs> but I haven't finished Sorry. it. Sorry, spoiler alert. No, it's all right. Um, <laughs> no, what if? I mean, in Doctor in the Doctor Strange episode, it really does um, focus on that. So okay. I'm not going to say anything more than that. But uh, but definitely well, watch the Doctor Strange version of, or Doctor Strange episode of What If. Yeah, I need to finish it because I have heard that they are going to pull from some of that stuff into the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So probably should finish it. Um, but yeah, that always defeats the purpose of it being a what if show. You know, <laughs> canon. But you know, <laughs> that's just me. That's- well, I thought it was interesting because at the end of the, I was like, oh, I wonder what the end credit scene is going to be. And when it started, I was like, oh, okay, so Doctor Strange, okay, well, that's kind of cool. And then it just turned into a trailer, and I was like, what? They're doing trailers now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. These other movies are not even going to do a scene. They're just like, hey, just air the trailer. It hasn't been shown yet. It'll be fine. Whatever. Yeah, it comes out in a few months. We might as well. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, might as well just air the trailer at the end of it. Whatever. <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully we'll get at least an answer to one of our questions from this film in uh, Multiverse of Madness. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it, it doesn't become a multiverse of, of a mess. Um, so we'll <laughs> just wait and see on that one. But yeah, thanks, thanks to Lucas for joining us on our New Year special of reviewing No Way Home. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And definitely go and check out the Sure IDC podcast for all the happenings and going ons with uh, pretty much any topic that he thinks of that he doesn't care about. That's that's kind of how. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but you can also find me on Facebook as well. I was literally getting ready to ask if they could find you on social media. Find me on Facebook. I haven't. Plan is to do a Twitter someday, and plan is to maybe do a TikTok. But as of right now, get into uh, some the Twitter Facebook. wars. Yeah, Twitter wars. Yeah, Facebook, uh, the Shreddy C podcast. You can find me on there. Too. Perfect. Well, we will catch you next time. Have a great rest of your week, and take care.